You are listening to the Christ in All podcast, where we discuss how following Jesus Christ impacts all areas of a believer's life. Each week, we will answer questions about the Christian worldview in an effort to help both new and mature believers grow in their faith. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Christ in All podcast. This is Chad Hunsberger, and I'm all alone today. Uh, it's unusual. Uh, we have certainly been used to having guests and those sort of things, but I wanted to do something a little different uh, in this recording. Uh, thinking about a question that has been asked of me uh, actually several different times. Maybe you've asked it, even if you haven't asked it to me. Um, and the question is about rebaptism. I, I actually get this question probably the most about baptism in general. And uh, so it really is like, should I get rebaptized if I, uh, it's, it, it's in some ways it's, it's like asked on a variety of ways. It could be asked. Uh, I got, I kind of walked down an aisle and got dunked when I was a child, but I really didn't surrender my life till I was older. So should I get rebaptized? Or sometimes the question is, hey, I grew up in a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church, and so I was sprinkled, or uh, this happened to me as an infant, and so should I be rebaptized in that way? And so typically, um, my my one of my easiest ways to answer this is that there is no indication in Scripture of anything called rebaptism. So, what we want to make really clear is that um, it is possible that you need to actually be baptized, uh, but not to necessarily see it as a rebaptism. So, what I would argue is for those of uh, you who might might be uh, again, you might have grown up in a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church, and and you were sprinkled um, even as an infant, or uh, we talked about this a few episodes ago, uh, maybe after confirmation or again as an infant or something happened in that regard, but it was it was a sprinkling, uh, especially here in the Baptist church. But what we understand more importantly from Scripture is that baptism, even like the root of its word, really means to, like, um, to go under or to be submerged. Uh, in in water, and so even because of what baptism is, right? So it's a a picture of something that has happened in our life. So thinking about going under the water, it's like we were buried, and coming out of the water, it's going from death to life. And so we were like no longer like we're putting to death our old life, and uh, and so because it's that that kind of picture, then what happens in sprinkling doesn't allow for that picture to take place. So what we would say, or what I would say, is that um, that rebaptism wouldn't need to happen, but that baptism, actually baptism, may need to happen. Uh, kind of making sure you define that accordingly. And I think in some ways, to those, uh, in fact, several adults that I have baptized that were sprinkled as a child in the Presbyterian or Methodist church, at first that was really hard for them because it made them feel a little bit like they were rejecting something that their parents raised them in. And the simply what I would want to to maybe try to bring some comfort is, is not that you are erasing what that thing was. It's just that we're establishing what we understand baptism to be. And so if baptism is this picture, a declaration of what Christ has done in you, that that can't quite happen as an infant. So be encouraged that you're not erasing something that was meaningful for your parents to even be doing with you and for you as they were kind of 
demonstrating that you're a child of the covenant, but instead now you are demonstrating kind of taking ownership yourself. So in that regard, on the uh, whether whether it needs to be rebaptized, so to speak, you're not getting rebaptized. It's it's being baptized after uh, kind of a non-immersion experience as a child. The other way, though, is that person who and and I have this conversation often. Um, again, is that person who was uh, made some sort of decision in which they really didn't uh, choose to follow Christ. Uh, they might have even used a phrase like, I asked Jesus in my heart, and I'm not, that's a whole different podcast, but uh, they, they did something like that. Uh, they walked an aisle, they prayed a prayer, maybe because their friend did, or their parents put some pressure, or there was, there was even just a, an assumption that that's what they were supposed to do. But as they began some years later to evaluate, they never, during that, they never truly surrendered their life to Jesus as Lord. They really just wanted fire insurance, didn't want to go to hell, and so they, they thought that. And so, again, I would not be recommending a concept of rebaptism, even if you were baptized, even if you were uh, fully submerged. Uh, in in water, in that sense, I would say that this would be a true baptism based on it happening after your salvation. Uh, the, the concept of baptism is demonstrating something that has already happened in your life. Now, here's where I want to put a little bit of a uh, an encouraging word. Some people I have had conversations with, they're not really sure whether or not their salvation took place at 6 or 7, or it took place at 13 or 18, because there's these mile markers that took place in their life. At 6, they walked an aisle and prayed a prayer, and at 13, they started going to youth group and for the first time really shared the gospel and had a quiet time on their own. And at 18, they went off to college, and they they began making disciples for the first time and investing in other people. And so it's like all of these mile markers are along the way. And so for some of the, some of you even, you might be thinking, I don't know which one of those markers was my beginning to my walk with Christ. Well, I would in, want to encourage you that out of a spirit of obedience to the Lord, you, you can say, okay, God, like I, I want to obey you. Um, I think I was baptized at the right time. Okay, well then we celebrate that. Praise God. Um, baptism does not bring about salvation, so you do not have to worry or fear if you are all in the wrong order. But I would say, if you are one uh, who is simply knowingly disobeying because it feels embarrassing to you, then I would say that that is not a worthwhile reason to disobey. There's never a reason, good reason to disobey. But I would want to encourage you, I would want to use this opportunity on a podcast to say to you, brother or sister, that if you know you have not been baptized after you chose to follow Christ, why not choose to stand and declare Jesus as Lord through public baptism? That is the manner in which Scripture indicates for us to do that as believers. Even if you were saved at a young age, as a teenager, someone in your 20s, and now you're in your 60s or 70s, and that feels like well, uh, like an embarrassment, I would say 
like we here at Colonial Heights, and I am sure at so many churches, would want to celebrate and rejoice in your willingness to obey, even if it's 20 or 30 years later than maybe you feel like you should have. I can think of, I mean, dozens of people that I have had the blessing of baptizing and that that have had that story of, I now know I should be obedient, uh, even though this didn't take place when maybe I should have 10 years ago, and now I'm taking that step of obedience. So I just want to use a question like that to encourage you uh, as a pastor and hope that it really would stir in you uh, a greater understanding of of baptism and this term, rebaptism. Uh, again, I, I know where that comes from, the idea of getting baptized again, but really there is there should only be one baptism, and that is the the time in which that takes place uh, after you've chosen to follow Christ and surrender to Him as Lord, that's when baptism takes place. And so, um, if it if it hasn't been a baptism after salvation, submersion, then then let's get that in the right order. Let's follow the Lord in obedience there. I hope that that helps you. I hope that this has actually been helpful for you, the whole podcast. And so if you think so, uh, you can rate, review, you can share it online. That actually helps uh, as people are searching for different things. The the more ratings and reviews and social media uh, shares uh, allow it to, uh, to be known in a way that can be helpful to others. Also, if you have a question and you would like to uh, me to try to answer that question, please send that question to info at colonialheights.org. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Christ in All podcast, a ministry of Colonial Heights Baptist Church in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Together, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, please visit our website at colonialheights.org.